0: Hi, everybody. This is Benny J. And this is your boy, Chris, a.k.a. Chocolate Bowl Wonder in the building. All that, and then
1: some. This is Internal Explosion, the podcast. Now, welcome back for the second episode where Chris and I are going to tackle a topic where we're focusing in on the lion here, a.k.a. beast. Beast. This... Jungle-dwelling fellow, he's no joke. He could tear you to shreds in an instant. If he wanted to, he could make you his prey. But he's also very tender, if you eat him. (laughs) (laughs) But first, always remember to sous vide first, and then sear to perfection. So getting into this, because that was a super random introduction, uh, I'm so glad to talk about this idea of a beast, because if you think about Jesus, who's the first person that pops into my mind when I think of lion and yet a lamb, this dude was a beast as far as his ferocity goes, his ability to just savagely damage anybody who would step to him if he chose to. Because he was both God and man 100% at the same time. Imagine that. But yet, this tender, kind, gentle lamb who loves his people. He loves his sheep. He's the good shepherd. What a strange contrast. Whoa, you're going to feel that one, and you're going to hear that one. i chin the mic. So, Chris, what are your thoughts so far on the lion and the lamb, the beast?
0: Wow. Wow. well, I mean, you said Jesus as beast. It's like, it's it's crazy to think about that. I think about, when you talk about beast, I think of, like, you're beasting. Like, you're in the gym, you're throwing up the weights, you're getting it in, you're getting swole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just part of my, my Philly vernacular. So, yeah, it means a little bit different to me. But, but then talking about Jesus in that contrast, you know, having the power to destroy everything, but also the the wherewithal to say, you know what, I'm not going to destroy them because I love them too much, and then just being humble and just a spirit of gratefulness that he had both that power and also the humility and the love because he was in his right to destroy all of us and yet didn't. That's so
1: true. Uh, He, being both God and man, the God side of him is righteous. It's holy it's set apart in perfection. And when perfection looks upon imperfection, such as God looking upon human beings who are fallen to sin and broken because of the sin, he's no longer looking at perfection and he literally will turn his face away from it, Uh, which is an interesting thing because you'd think, well, if God looks at us with disdain for the sin that's over us, why didn't he just simply destroy us from the beginning? Why didn't he just start over and then you get down to that burgeoning question about love. He loves us. He loves us enough to give us opportunity to make a decision to follow him, although he is the one that leads us into the repentance through his kindness. Yo,
0: dude, you have to hit rewind a little bit. Probably. Just a little bit. All right, we're 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 in the, the New Testament now, right? I think we have to hit the OT, man. Hit it. So you go back to the OT, uh, the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, sin and God could not coexist. In fact, when when sinful beings or sinful creatures came into the the same proximity with God, they'd go, oof, die. Yeah. Because God and sin, something so holy, a being that's so holy, can't be with something that's less than perfect, and that person would die. And so now fast forwarding back to what you were saying, that just shows the depth of love that, you know, we being as sinful beings don't even have the right nor privilege to be in the same sentence or same proximity with God. And yet we're able to do so because Jesus said, you know what, I love y'all so much that I'm going to remove that barrier of sinfulness or, you know, cover your sin so that you're able to pray to God directly, you know, not through a pastor, you know, not through any saints, but pray to God directly. So yeah. the beast, in essence, turns into something totally different. Uh, some a creature or a being that has restraint. Um, and that's that's where that love comes in, like you had mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing to think
1: about this holy God who is all-powerful, and yet incredibly compassionate and tender toward the ones that he created. Uh, It's really a a miracle for us that he would take any notice of us to that degree, Uh, that that he would mind human beings in any sense at all. He's given us an incredible opportunity through Jesus to be able to find out who he is Jesus literally exemplifies all of God's character and at the same time gives us an opportunity to see that he also empathizes with us because he lived a fully human life minus the sin. So in his perfection, he was able to be used as the ultimate sacrifice for sin. He literally paid the price that we owe on account of sin. The wages of sin are death. So because of our sin, we are literally going to be paid in death as an end result when God judges those who don't accept Christ. It's a really painful reality, and that's the reason that Chris and I come to you with such an important message, the gospel of Jesus, to let you know there's hope that you can actually find salvation through this great great God, uh, through the Son, Jesus. He actually gave you an opportunity to find the
0: Father, but through him so so what you're saying is when you remove Jesus from the equation then what you're left is with a beast which is God and you you don't want, you don't want that smoke at all. Yeah you nailed that Chris you really and you do such a great job
1: of bringing it back. I, I just want to say Chris takes a lot of my randomness and he puts it in perspective because he, he gets me really well. Compared to a lot of people, and uh, he he's really good at reading where I'm trying to go, and then helping me to uh, get back on the straight and narrow. That so balance, yeah, dude, is beautiful, man. It is a beautiful thing, and I'm thankful that I have someone like Chris that we can we can work together like we do. In the unity that comes from the love we both have for God and the love that He's put in us, He literally unifies us through the Holy Spirit, and we both sense that. And it allows us to do the great work that we're able to do together um, without a lot of frustration, uh, without butting heads very often. Uh, There's a lot of flexibility. Call back to the last episode. Good job, good job. So it's really cool to see what Chris was saying, how if you don't have Jesus and his blood covering over you, so God literally can look past your sin and forgive you, you're going to be subject to his wrath. And that is going to look utterly terrifying. Even for those who love God and who have a relationship with Jesus, if we were to see God face to face, we would all be terrified. Bottom
0: line is you'd burn up. You'd, you'd cease to exist as you know. <laughs> That's a scary thought, dude. That's a I, I had to pause a minute just to just to think about that. But what about you, you said something a minute ago and you know I know some people might have questions about that. How do you accept this 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 Jesus? Because the inter- interesting thing is if you don't accept Jesus, you have to deal with the beast, mm-hmm. you know, which is God. And in this context, uh, we're, we're saying the beast is God. I'm yep. um, just being something all powerful that can destroy both spirit and flesh and everything else. And so that's probably scary to a lot of people. It's scary to us yep. also, because we're, we're, we're just like you, we're people. Um, And so I definitely want that covering. So when you talk about jesus blood covering us and yo know, like what does that mean to somebody that just sees like blood as like how does blood save us from from this image of a beast mm-hmm. i i know that s- some people in different circles or unchurched people who haven't grown up in church like we have mm-hmm. see those images as disturbing or doesn't make too much sense so yeah, yeah jump jump into that a little bit i'm curious All right, man, I love your curiosity.
1: Uh, So when you think about the blood, it goes all the way back to the first animal sacrifice, which was actually made in the Garden of Eden. So as Adam and Eve were being kicked out of the garden for sinning against God for their disobedience, the first sacrifice was actually God killing some animals in order to provide clothing to cover up the shame and nakedness of Adam and Eve. So he already provides a covering right off the bat in Genesis, and then we move forward, and then there becomes this. It's called an altar sacrifice. It's it's pretty much a ritual sacrifice where you kill the animal, and it could have been a multitude of different animals. It was commonly bulls, goats, uh, doves, uh, and then there were drink offerings where, you know. It was that was kind of like the lowest end. Of the offerings, the drink offering, you pour out a fifth. Yeah, <laughs> same man. You know, it could it could have been. Maybe it was just wine back then, but who knows? Maybe the Russians did have something to do with the vodka back then. I don't know. I don't know if get down, man. I just don't know. So it's interesting, though, that why you, my question. Why would an altar sacrifice be necessary for the forgiveness of sins? And it's the idea that when you sin, you become impure. When you're impure, you're tainted and God cannot look upon you. God is not going to have his favor on you. So what has to happen? The lifeblood of some other living creature needs to be drained and burned unto God in order to appease his wrath, which a lot of us have a hard time thinking about. Cause it's a really weird idea, and it's super far removed from the context we're in today. It doesn't even feel like re- it doesn't even feel like reality when you think about that. When I say it, I believe it. I have I really don't question it. My faith secures those thoughts for me. But if I was just thinking rationally, by the way that we're trained up to think in our culture, in our societies, I would have a really hard time with that one even in my flesh like thinking about it reasonably with my mind it looks so odd it's obscure it's it's such a it's such a it's honestly a crazy thought but it is what the scripture teaches and if you really look at it it makes sense that a holy god would require some form of sacrifice
0: in order to forgive sin and that's, um, God made up the rules. That's that's bottom line. That, that's honestly. really what I'm looking at. I, it, it's not so, If it made sense to us, it's probably not God. Um, you know, God does some pretty amazing things, and our our limited mind isn't able to wrap our minds around it all the time. So, yeah. Um, I've, one of, one of my mentors said that if if you can perceive it, more than likely it's not God. It might be a shadow of God. Um, like like we are you know we we are shadows of god we are not god um himself um so that's something that that helps me to reconcile it you know it's it's god's world god's rules and i've just been privileged enough to to operate and to and to live um within within those rules but burning up dude like no 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 thank you <laughs> no thank you dude
1: So, um, yeah, that was a nice little aside, yeah. but I yeah. wanted to say that because I tend to get caught up in the heady stuff, and I know Chris does too, but Chris does such a good job of bringing things down to earth and reminding us that we just don't know. The knowledge piece isn't always the key. The key is knowing the scripture, receiving it as truth, and upholding it as the truth, not trying to go left or right or always trying to push outside of the boundaries of what would be considered good doctrine, just for the sake of argument or trying to, let's say, reduce God down to a simple formula, an equation, if you will. Uh, Chris has given us such a clear reality check that there is no comprehending the incomprehensible. God is inexhaustible. You will never break Him down. If anything, you're breaking
0: yourself down trying to break Him down. Yo, you, you're giving me so many visuals. I, I, I do appreciate that. You're giving me visuals. So so, how about this? I got I got another analogy. I love I love these analogies. We have all been invited to God's party, mm. and you know when you come when you go to a party, you you always get your party favors at least in, in North America. I don't know how, I can't speak for the whole globe, but where where I was in Philly, where I grew up, when you show up for a party, you have birthday cake, and then you get a to-go bag, you get a gift for showing up. Um, Jesus is that gift for for everybody. But the interesting thing about a gift is that you have to accept it. And that's, that's where that choice comes in. That's where that free will comes in. Um, you said limit, limit, what was the word you used earlier? It wasn't free will, it was... Limited will. Thank you, thank you. So within those, within the free reign, so to speak, or the limited reign that God... Some I mean, constraints. Yeah, yeah, we have we have freedom. So we have freedom to choose. God is not going to force himself on any of us. Just like at a birthday party, no one's going to force you to eat cake or force you to take the, the, the goodie bag or whatever... So Jesus died for everybody, but it's up to us to accept that gift. Um, I I would say this. This is the most concise warning I will give you. You have two choices. All of us have two choices, whether you like it or not. You could either choose Jesus and you have the forever party, or you could not choose Jesus and get beast-moded. I don't want beast-moded. Like I said, I don't want that smoke. picture of lions in the savannah, mm.
1: devouring a young and at this point helpless zebra. Ripping through flesh, mm. through the sinew. There's no hope left. Bleeding out slowly, entrails, entrails, and, trails, and, trails, and I don't think there's any any hope for those who are outside of Christ. I'm just just putting that out there, and it's not to be mean. It's not to put an overly graphic image just for the sake of being provocative. It's why we tell you this message with dire urgency. We don't have to act like bullhorn dudes on the street, overly zealous. You know, what? I don't even want to knock them. They're as zealous as they need to be for their purpose and what they believe. But we're not here to put on a, we're not here to put on a show. So, so to speak, so to speak. Internal Explosion of Podcast is a show. See, you know what I mean. There is this deep intention of us, for us, to make sure that you've heard the truth of the gospel if you've come across this podcast. And these pieces, these fundamental elements we're talking about, really give full form to what the gospel's getting at, why Jesus came, why did he have to live a full life in a human body? Why did he have to die perfect? Why did he have to surrender his life and then take it back up again? What do these things mean? Chris, maybe you wanna talk a little bit about the uh, idea of what happened in our understanding and the way that we've perceived it through the scripture, through theological means. What did it mean when Jesus died, descended into hell, as a lot of people would say, and then
0: rose up to be seated at the right hand of the Father? We'll talk about that a little bit. Wow. You know, this this is probably the most exciting part of, of all this. And I, I will lead into it by saying this: our our faith land, you know, Christianity, you know, believing that Christ is at the center of everything. Isn't just limited to us. It was for you too. If if you can hear this, if you can perceive this, if a friend sent this to you, however you came across this, this invitation is open to you. Mm-hmm. And we we can talk about how you can come to belief. Um, unfortunately, it's not like a cookie-cutter process. You know, the way Ben came to faith is different than the way I came to faith. Probably very um, different. Very different. Um that's where the beauty of God is. You know, God appreciates us for who we are because God created all of us. And God knows exactly what it takes for us to come to believe. So if you want to, if you're curious, just know that at the end of your curiosity, God is ready to embrace you with open arms. Um, and so with that hope, mm-hmm. we, we see a template of what's to come. You know, Jesus died just like all of us will die, you yeah. know, Jesus rose from the dead and now is seated with God in heaven. God, Jesus gave us a foretaste of what we will endure, but ultimately the hope that we will receive if only we believe that Jesus died and did exactly what the scripture said that he did. And so, you know, Jesus, in his humility, died, mm-hmm. did something that's very human. Um, all finite creatures will die. But the beautiful thing he did was he said, death, get off me. And then he got up. He had been doing a lot of uh,
1: decline benching. So when he was thrown down temporarily, he had the ultimate strength to just throw sin and death and Satan off him. Be like, yo, get off me, son. He said, get
0: off me. Get off me. Get off of me. Got nothing on me. And the the other part of that is Jesus proved exactly who he was because not only did he rise, he predicted it. In fact, he told all of his friends, he said, um, Be aware of these things so that when they do happen, it will point to me being who I said I am, which is God. Um, And so there are a lot of things happen just by Jesus dying. Um, The whole reason for the miracles is A, to show. Glimmers of what heaven will look like, because we can't perceive heaven. Um, last I checked, no one came back from heaven because it's probably that good. Um, so he just I gave not even glimmers dip my over. toes back down here. Yeah, I'm not I'm going even back dip. here. I when know. I dip, I'm dipping. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we see glimmers of of heaven, um, and then also signs that pointed to to God. You know, our final destination. And so that's that's the culmination when Jesus' last miracle or last act was to tell people, I'm going to die, but I am going to come back. And then he did it. No one else has done that in the history of humankind said they were going to die, die, rise up, and say, you know what, follow me. And the same will be done for you. It's Thomas, right, that didn't believe right away.
1: Right. Literally Jesus is right with him, but Thomas doesn't believe right away that it's Jesus. So Jesus allows him to put his hand, his fingers into the wound of his side that was that was uh, done to him by the was it the Roman centurion yeah, Roman. yeah or the Roman guard pierced him right as he was about to make sure he was dead. And uh, Thomas believed at that point. But we need to have better. We need. I'm not criticizing Thomas because I'm sure we'd all, most of us, would struggle with that. Uh, but we need to believe. We need to have the faith to believe that what God says He's going to do, He's going to do it, and He's already done. We're on the other side of that stuff now. Jesus has already fulfilled everything that was necessary to be fulfilled for God's will and His great purpose, His kingdom, to be brought into play. So the kingdom is both here and now and has been being built since Christ and it's continuing to be built all the way into the end when Christ comes back and reigns supreme
0: oh and there's so much hope by Thomas oh so much hope Um, Jesus could have just smacked him down and said you know what why didn't you believe but Jesus had so much grace to say you will touch my side you will feel that it's me you will see me and Thomas really? Thomas actually he was one of the disciples Thomas was with Jesus just like I'm next to Ben so imagine that me and Ben you know we're, we're cool and then Ben dies of course well Ben's like why do I gotta die well I mean there's only two of us in the room that's what, that's what, ha- that's what we gotta do <laughs> and so so ben, ben Ben's like Chris I'm gonna die and then he dies and then he comes back just like he said he was and I'm like now we did hang out. We did this hot podcast and everything together. We've been through some stuff. I'd say something I like, it. It. I told you I'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't believe it. Like I know this dude. And so that that should he's be part of the peace <laughs> son. That cat. Who is he? He was nobody, and all of a sudden he's back. What? And and that's the grace that, that Jesus has for us. He's like, you know what? We, we, we came up together for a good portion of our lives. Um, you know, we've been through some stuff together. Touch my side. Be reminded of what I said. Um, in fact, Thomas was so close to Jesus that a couple of chapters before, like five or six chapters before in the gospel, Thomas was the one that when Jesus said that he was going to Jerusalem to die, said, let us all go with him mm. so that we can die. So he's ride or die, and yet, after Jesus died, he still doubted. So we all have bad moments, we right? We all have, and moments. it might have just been
1: a genuinely bad moment for him. It could have been. It could because we all struggle with our faith. Nobody has perfect faith and keeps it together tightly one hundred percent of the time. So I think that's. I think it's good to recognize that, like, you know, like any of the biblical characters that we that we read about. Um, it's easy to be super critical of each of them because of the faults that the Bible teaches us about them. But that's like, it's almost the same as the looking at the speck in their eye versus the plank in our own. Even though they might be dead, we should we should have a little bit more reverence for them and, and who they were and what they did and how they really walked with Jesus. I, I mean, there's something really special to that. And I don't think we should get hung up on simply
0: criticizing them for the ways that the Bible highlights their errors. Right. And the, the fact that we're doing this speaks to, dare I say, the depravity mm-hmm. of of human nature and of where we are as a, as a society, that this gospel message is something that it may not get as many views as something on TV, or, you know, shock media or something like that, but this message... And the message in most churches, most Bible based churches, is a message of life to give you not just life after you die, but also a better life here. And I think that's that's what we should be focusing on the most. You know, this this beast, you know, God being that beast, all massive, all powerful is also giving us an invitation to have an abundant life here. A richer, more meaningful life here. Mm-hmm. Um, now it doesn't compare to the after party. The after party is going to be amazing. Oh my goodness! But just like Jesus did miracles here to give us glimmers of what's to come, we have an open invitation yeah. to to accept it and have an abundant life here. Um, it, Amen. We're going to be unpacking this for a while, so th- this is also the plug to keep watching because. We, we can't summarize what this will look like in one conversation. There's no, no way in the world. But I, th- I think That's the biggest takeaway up. is just to know that there's an open invitation yeah. for you right now. Even if you have doubts right now, there is still an, o- an open invitation. If you can hear this, there's still time. Yeah, allow it's God's... A hope. Amen. There is a, there's
1: a ton of hope. Allow God's kindness to lead you toward repentance. If you feel him tugging at your heart, trying to lead you into his presence, into his love, you feel loved, but you can't make sense of it. But your rational mind keeps telling you you're crazy to think that it could be a, it could be a, a, spiritual being such as this God we're talking about. Check yourself for a second. Did you pray? Did you seek him out with all your heart? Did you give it a, did you give it an honest shake? If you haven't, we encourage you to take that step instead of just instantly dismissing it. Take an opportunity. See this, see these moments of feeling loved as the opportunity to, to reach out to God and, and see. See if see if God builds some faith in you. See if God puts something good in your way. And see if you end up with a relationship with Jesus. It's worth a try. You've probably tried almost everything else at this point, I'm guessing. I bet you haven't tried this. And if you have and it hasn't worked, try again. Not everything happens in one day. Not everything happens in one shot. Sometimes there are multiple
0: shots to be taken. So, as always, Benny J. The Young Bull Chris, a.k.a. Chocolate Bull Wonder, in the building again. And this is Internal Explosion,
1: the podcast. Thank you all for watching. We're so blessed. We're so thankful that
0: you would take the time out of your busy days to listen to us. Yeah, keep coming back. The conversation will continue, and looking forward to building relationship with you. Um, but most importantly, we just want to be helpful into helping you build that relationship with God. Um, God wants to have a unique relationship with all of us, and so we haven't arrived yet. You know, we're still growing in our faith. We are by no means perfect. We just want to connect with you to do what we can to help you in your journey. So. Keep watching, keep laboring with us and yeah, let's have some fun with
1: it. Amen. So the last random outro, we're gonna try this out and see if this sticks. <laughs> I'm too scared to stick my toes in. I'm frozen. I know I'm God's chosen. Internal explosion. Peace. That was hot, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm having a ton of fun with this. This is yeah, really
0: good. this is good. This, this is, is Richmond. man. Richmond? Richmond. You said this is Richmond? I said rich, man. Hard <laughs> my Philly, dude. Yo,
1: excuse my Allentown? I uh,
0: don't oh, oh, oh. It doesn't have that. I don't feel that. It doesn't feel good. No. So we're going to end there. It feels raw. <laughs> OTP. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.